I'm Caitlin. I'm Rachel. I'm Emmy. So it's fellowship time. That's the rumor. There's a fellowship, and there's a ring. Some elves are getting up to stuff, and I guess a few hobbits. I, li- I like hobbits. <laughs> I've always felt actually a good kinship with hobbits, because they eat and they drink. And sends him on a quest. Gandalf super doesn't really want Frodo to get out of the house. Suck it, Gandalf. Pipeweed? Pull up an armchair, grab a pipe and a pint from the green dragon. So you want to read Tolkien? Reading The Fellowship of the Ring. Okay, book two, chapter seven, The Mirror of Galadriel. Hi, welcome back. Here we are (laughs) for that. (laughs) Would you like to do an actual introduction? No. (laughs) Emmy, just taking the reins. I just, we needed to get started, guys. You want to just do the whole thing? (laughs) Character, short summary, long summary, it's all you. Yep. It's the Emmy show now. Yep. (laughs) Oh, God. You do one thing to get the ball rolling, and suddenly... (laughs) Anyways, I think you're on characters. I am. So our dramatist persona for this chapter is our fellowship, also known as the company. Frodo, Sam, Mary, Pippin, Aragorn, Boromir, Gimli, Legolas, Sans, Gandalf, who is still dead. Um, We have Haldir, who is an elf from Galadrim. We have Galadriel, the Lady of Lothlorien. We have Celeborn, the Lord of Lothlorien. And then we've got a bunch of rando elves who are just living in Lothlorien. But, like, they don't get names. Lothlorien, Lothlorien, Lothlorien. How many times can I say that? Blah. No, they don't get names. They're not important. They're just there for aesthetic purposes. They don't even do anything. They sing. That's something, I guess. They open a door. They do something. They sing a really sad song. But that's about it. So, Rachel, are you on the short summary? I am. Uh, so, in short, the fellowship <laughs> is welcomed into Lothlorien, and the Lady of the Wood proves to be more mysterious and powerful than they suspected. Also, Sam finally gets a taste of elvish magic and doesn't care much for it. Poor Sam. I liked his be careful what you wish for arc in this chapter. Mm-hmm. So, the fellowship continues their journey further into the woods of Lothlorien, as guided by, what's his face? Aldir. <laughs> <laughs> they eventually reach Callus Galadon, the city of the Galadrim, but there's no gate on this side, and they have to walk all the way around, because Tolkien just couldn't resist giving them a little bit more walking. So much walking. I should point out, we didn't mention this last episode, but the Galadrim basically just means, like, tree folk or something like that, like tree elves, whatever. Yeah. Galad is tree, I think. Yeah. But yeah. not to be confused with Galadriel which doesn't have an H in it after the D. <laughs> and so that actually refers to her hair. It's, it's a different word, even though they're the same. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, they're like golden trees. I don't know. Whatever. No, no, no. It, I looked it up. They're different words. Yeah. <laughs> they're just coincidentally it's... very similar, <laughs> even though they are completely made up. Not so coincidentally, yeah. I'm sure. So they enter Karis uh, Galadon. And hear evidence of a lot of elves around them, but they don't see any. That's creepy. Yeah. Haldir leads them to a large tree in the middle of the city where they see, this is like where they see the first elves of the city. And they're just like, in my head, they were lazy guards because I swear they were just sitting around and then they kind of popped up as the fellowship approached. So I thought that they were kind of lazy. I know I think they were like the waiting party for them. Yeah. To bring them up. But yeah, it just felt like you're sitting around not doing your job yeah 
So anyways, this tree is where uh, Gladriel and Celeborn live, the Lord and Lady of the Wood. And they desire to see the fellowship, so everybody climbs up a super big ladder. Which must suck, because they must be tired. And if you're not <laughs> used to ladders, they are a workout. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean, like, my, my terror hit me as I read this. Just like, nope. Nope. I no. I'm not a fan of heights, but I don't mind ladders for some weird reason. They're just so much so work. If you're, I mean, I, I don't mind cool. them until the like the point where I'm like at the top and I look back and I'm like, oh god, I've been climbing this ladder for forever. Also, like the going down. Yeah, that's why yeah. you don't look back. It's a long way. Ah, it is a very long way. So they head up, and obviously the Lord and the Lady are waiting for them up at the top. Um, and there are many, many elves up there. All the attention is, of course, paid to Celeborn and Gladriel, and both are super attractive and ancient-looking. But, like, young-looking, but ancient-looking. You know, elves. <laughs> <laughs> um, Celeborn has Frodo sit beside him, which I assume is... An honor of some kind? An on- I, yeah, I don't know, man. I'd rather sit next to Gladriel, but whatever, it's fine. Um, and... Kelborn also talks about how Aragorn hasn't been in Lothlorien for 38 years. That's an oddly specific frame of time, isn't it? It is, but it also gives us some hints about... Well, it definitely confirms that Aragorn has been there before, and that Aragorn is old. Old as balls. <laughs> <laughs> but not as old as these elves. No. <laughs> no, he's, he's human old as balls. Gimli is welcomed, and Kilborn has a really nice talk about uh, hopes of friendship between the elves and dwarves. Oh, I, I really liked it. It's nice for like a moment, and then he yeah, for it a up. very quick moment. <laughs> uh, and then Kilborn also notices that the fellowship is down a number. Aragorn advises him that Gandalf did not escape from Moria, and eventually tells him the entire story of what happened in Moria. I guess they—I don't remember if they ever talked about what Darren's Bane actually was, but Aragorn doesn't seem to know what the terror is is actually, so Legolas kind of hops in and says it was a Balrog of Morgoth, and then says of all elf banes, the most deadly save the one that sits in the Dark Tower. Uh, can I put in as an aside that yeah. uh, I definitely had those moments where I just started singing they're taking the hobbits to Isengard. Right now? <laughs> no, while I was reading this. No, but that's what um, I mean. That seems a bit or, like... I mean, not... the, the Balrog one reminded me of it, but this is also where we had the tell me where is Gandalf very much desired to speak with him. Oh, I guess. I just... Anyway. We're not there yet. Save the memes. But we just talked about how Gandalf is Yeah, gone. I guess. All right? Like, anyway, how did something so dumb become such a part of this everything? I hate Of, it. like, Lord of the Rings meme culture? Yes. <laughs> Why is it stuck in my brain? Because it's catchy. It is. The real bad part is watching that movie now and not, like, breaking mm-hmm. into fucking song. Yep. Or you even reading it. it, apparently. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways. I failed the test. So, Caliborn then <laughs> says, you don't get to pass it to the West. <laughs> Anyways, Caliborn then says, if he'd known it was a Balrog, he would not have let the group in. Or maybe he just wouldn't have let Gimli in. He's kind of, he just sort of says you. But then everybody assumes he means Gimli. So I- I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, Either way, really? it's a shitty thing to say. He's yeah. just like, like, what's that mean? Like, oh, the Balrog killed Gandalf? Get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we didn't kill Gandalf. Oh, you risked your life to escape it? Get the fuck out. Yeah. 
Anyways, Galadriel, uh, the first time we hear her speak is pretty much to call out her shitty husband. And, <laughs> and he, she says, you know, you're being a jerk. Maybe you could just shut up for a second. And even a minute later, Celeborn is like, I'm sorry, I was speaking emotionally. That's not something elves should ever do. <laughs> I didn't mean it. You're all welcome here. But um, before that, Galadriel makes some friendly gestures toward Gimli by complimenting different parts of Moria and calling them by their proper dwarvish names. And Gimli is very touched by this and stares at her for a minute and immediately is in love. Relatable. <laughs> yeah. Um, Galadriel then recounts that she and Celeborn have been here in the woods for a long-ass while and have fought the enemy a lot, but she still feels as if they cannot give advice and that she and then she stares at all of them in turn and sees into their souls and then sends them to bed. It's like the most intense dinner party of all time. But it's weird because I don't even think they asked for advice. She's just like, look, I can't help you, but I can <laughs> look into your souls. Nobody asked for that. Well, I think didn't she said that Celeborn was like really good at giving advice and gifts. And she's like, all I do is oh, I, yourself. I know she said gifts. I don't remember advice. You could be right, though. I, maybe. There were two things You did read it very him. recently. Yes. More recently than me. <laughs> Whatever. Um, it's like much, much soul staring. But yeah, the important part is that she stares into everyone's eyes and sees into their souls and makes them all super uncomfortable. And then literally is like, well, it's sleepy time. But the hobbits are super happy because they get to sleep on the ground instead of in a in a tree. No, no plet, plet, whatever the word was for them tonight. <laughs> flat, flat, flat with an F. With an F. <laughs> I guess I combined it with platform. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, mm. uh, they discuss a bit about what they heard in their head when Gladriel looked at them and how uncomfortable it made them and how she seemed to see their greatest desires and offer it to them, whether or not she could actually give it to them. Boromir expresses doubts in Galadriel, and Aragorn takes immediate offense and says something like, there's no evil here unless you bring it here. Now let's just have the best sleep of our lives. And he just immediately rolls over and goes to sleep. And I like how, uh, how loyal he is. Like, this is the best place in the world. Shut up. It's so great. They uh, hang out for a couple days. Probably. They don't really know. All the days seem to blend. And despite its being winter outside of Lorien, everything seems very spring inside. They don't see or do much for days, just lounge around. They have couches. They sit on them, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, for the hobbits, it's probably pretty familiar. Yes. Just sort of eat and chat and drink. I guess, but like they do specifically talk about how the days just blend and they're honestly not sure how long they've been sitting around for. Mm -hmm. Which is nice for them, but... There's some evil shit happening in the world, and they have, like, a mission. Yeah. I would 100% be stir-crazy. Yeah. And, uh, anyways, other than Legolas, who who leaves, who abandons the group to go hang out with his new elf friends, <laughs> and then randomly starts bringing Gimli with him <laughs> to hang out with the buddies, because apparently Legolas and Gimli are best friends now. Yay! Yay! Took a sharp turn. Yeah. I don't really know... Maybe the falling in love with Gladriel was what changed things. <laughs> I think Gimli wants to be an elf now. No, that's not true. He just likes he likes Gladriel mm -hmm. a lot. But there's no explanation given to this. It is just noted. Yeah. When I think like I mean Gimli's fondness, but also that like, you know, Gladriel basically like gave her blessing. 
yeah upon Gimli and so it's like okay cool I, I'm no so curious about what what they're doing though like is Legolas just introducing Gimli to everyone like hey this is my new boyfriend you know what <laughs> honestly given the way yes. these books goes they're probably singing <laughs> they just get together for group songs <laughs> I guess that's fair um, so one of the days that they're hanging out, uh, the elves around them start singing a lament for Gandalf, but no one can understand because I assume they're singing in Quenya. Um, Legolas does understand, but he doesn't translate. I don't know. He says it's it's too hard to translate. Well, I think he's just being a jerk or maybe he's lying <laughs> and doesn't actually understand the words. <laughs> but yeah, he says he's still too, the grief is still too near. He, he doesn't want to sing. He just wants to be sad. He wants to mope. Hang out with his boyfriend. Yes. Um, hearing the songs of the elves encourages Frodo to do something he seldom does and write his own song about Gandalf. It's a nice song. You know, he, it's very much about how he sees, how he, the hobbits see see Gandalf and from, from the point of view of him as a, a wanderer. And I, I really liked it. But then Sam thinks it needs a verse about the fireworks, which is all fine and dandy, except it doesn't really fit with Frodo's nice poem about about Gandalf, and also includes the phrase golden showers, so. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Oh. That hurt. So I just, I just don't really like it personally. I mean, to be fair, Sam was like, it needs something about his fireworks. Like this, but not this, because this sucks. <laughs> That's true. Sam, Sam, well, I mean, it's not bad, I don't think, other than mm-hmm. the, you know, some of it didn't age very well. But... <laughs> I, I just don't think it fits with what Frodo, no. like the theme of Frodo's, mm-hmm. which talked about, you know, his how quick to temper Gandalf was and what it was like seeing him walking along the road and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah. And then golden showers. And then, yeah. So I just mm-hmm. don't think golden showers really fit in with that. <laughs> Poor Sam. Either way. Even had it not aged poorly. Yeah. <laughs> So Frodo, um, or a day two, who knows later, I don't know, the same day, nobody really knows what's going on in, in, in Lorien. So, but Frodo and Sam are walking around and Frodo asks Sam how he feels about elves now that he's seen so many of them. And Sam says he wants to see some good elvish magic because he's seen so many elves, but doesn't really feel like he's seen the magic. So then Cladriel appears to grant his wish and she leads them both into an enclosed garden and uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know, that just felt appropriate. In which there is a stream and a basin. Uh, Gladrian fills the basin to the brim with water from the stream and then breathes on it. And she says that this is the mirror of Galadriel and she invites Sam and Frodo to look into it. And okay, so Frodo asks what they will see when they look into the mirror. And she says, many things I can command the mirror to reveal. And to some, I can show what they desire to see. But the mirror will also show things unbidden. And those are often stranger and more profitable than things which we wish to behold. What you will see if you leave the mirror free to work, I cannot tell. For it shows things that were and things that are and things that yet may be. But which it is that he sees, even the wisest cannot tell. Mm-hmm. So Frodo just sort of looks on and is like, eh. And so she turns to Sam and is like, you wanted some magic, dude. Let's, let's do it. And Sam is like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that would be my reaction. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I would not pass that up. So Sam does uh, look into the mirror 
And at first he sees nothing. Actually, when he's walking up to him, he's like, like as not, I'll probably just see some stars. And Galadriel kind of smiles and, is, and says, like as not. And I think that's kind of <laughs> funny. Um, so what Frodo sees, no, what Sam sees, sorry, I have both of their names written like a million times here. Uh, Sam sees Frodo asleep under a great dark cliff and then sees himself walking through a long, dim passage and going up a high winding stair and just sort of knows that he is looking for something. The vision then switches to some trees being felled in the Shire that shouldn't be felled and some weird things happening at the mill. And he says that there is some devilry at work in the Shire and he sees some bad things happening to his gaffer. And then he jumps away from the mirror and starts shouting that he must go home. Mm, poor Sam. Yeah. Uh, well, Gladriel reminds him he does not know what this was a vision of, and trying to stop it could be the thing that makes it come true. Because he, you know, he doesn't know if that's happening now, if it's going to happen in the future, whatever. So Sam thinks, sits and thinks for a bit and calms down and realizes that he has to stay with Frodo and go home the long way, is how he puts it. Hmm. Which I like. So loyal. Me too. Yeah. So somehow this encourages Frodo to look into the mirror, even though Sam didn't really have much of a successful taste of it, but whatevs. Um, so Frodo sees a figure in white walking along a road that reminds him of Gandalf, but he realizes it must be Saruman because Gandalf is dead. He then sees a brief glimpse of Bilbo walking about in his room, and then he sees some black ships on the sea and a wide river flowing through a large city, a white fortress with seven towers, and then the black ships again, but this time there's also a banner of a white tree. And he then sees a glimpse of a small ship going away into the distance with twinkling lights. And then it sort of disappears into the distance. And then his vision shifts again, but suddenly the mirror went altogether dark, as dark as if a hole had opened in the world of sight, and Frodo looked into emptiness. In the black abyss, there appeared a single eye that slowly grew until it filled nearly all the mirror. So terrible was it that Frodo stood rooted, unable to cry out or to withdraw his gaze. The eye was rimmed with fire, but was itself glazed, yellow as a cat's. Watchful and intent, and the black slit of its pupil opened on a pit. A window into nothing. So that's creepy. Just a bit. And as he's looking at it, he feels the ring become heavier and sort of draws him down towards the water. But um, Gladriel kind of yells at him to not touch the water. And that, like, breaks him out of the vision. And he gets away from the mirror, basin, water, thingy. I don't know. So Gladriel then tells Frodo um, that there is more than trees and bow and arrow type things protecting Lorien. And goes on to describe how she can see into Sauron's mind and know all his thoughts that concern the elves. And she reveals that she is the keeper of Nenya, the Ring of Adamant, one of the three elven rings. Which I suppose is how she can see into his mind. Because she has, you know, the link or whatever. Anyways, uh, Gladriel then describes how the coming of Frodo marks how the elves are kind of screwed either way. Like either Frodo fails and Sauron takes over and their protections you know, around Lothlorien fail and they all die eventually. Or Frodo succeeds and the age of the elves is over and they all have to leave or fade away into nothingness. So it's real sad. Kind of a kind of a shit deal either way. Uh, and it's uh, just as a to keep in mind here that Galadriel chose to come over from Valinor. She wasn't. She didn't care about the Silmarils. 
She just wanted to come and have her own thing and not be under the rule of the Valar. So she doesn't necessarily want to go back the way a lot of the elves do. Yeah. Yeah, she's one of the only ones that like make the active choice to. Yeah. She So that's So it's kind of an interesting point of view cuz even in in the movies she I think she was painted as wanting to go back. And maybe she does now that she's older, but she didn't always want to go back. And I think if she could stay she would. Mm-hmm. And and still keep her elfishness or whatever. So then after hearing all this sadness, Frodo, being Frodo, <laughs> offers the ring to Galadriel. And obviously, so Frodo says something like, you are wise and fair. You want it? You, you seem cool. <laughs> and Galadriel says, wise the lady Galadriel may be, yet here she has met her match in courtesy. Gently are you revenged for my testing of your heart at our first meeting. You begin to see with keen eye. I do not deny that my heart has greatly desired to ask what you offer. For many long years, I had pondered what I might do should the great ring come into my hands. And behold, it was brought within my grasp. The evil that was devised long ago works on in many ways, whether Sauron himself stands or falls. Would not that have been a noble deed to set to the credit of his ring, if I had taken it by force or fear from my guest? And now at last it comes. You will give me the ring freely. In place of the Dark Lord, you will set up a queen, and I shall not be dark, but beautiful and terrible as the morning and the night, fair as the sea and the sun and the snow upon the mountain, dreadful as the storm and the lightning, stronger than the foundations of the earth. All shall love me in despair." God, it's so good. It's I so cannot good. hear that without hearing it in Kate Blanchett's voice. It was, it was difficult to read and not try to Comment like, poorly emulate her. Yeah. Mm. Um, Gosh, yeah. miraculous. It's so good. But um, she sort of reaches out towards it, but then lets her hand fall. And the light that was coming for her fades. And she goes back to being a normal looking elf. But she seems kind of <laughs> smaller than she did before. And then she, she says, the I pass the test. I will diminish and go into the West and remain Galadriel. And I guess she's kind of choosing for her people. Well, I guess she wouldn't necessarily force them to come with her, but she made the choice right there to go West and not stay. If, you know, if things go well in this whole war situation. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw your big mood, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Who wouldn't prefer Galadriel? All right, so... um. After this, Frodo asks Gladriel why he cannot see into the mind of other ring bearers. And Gladriel says that he could. He's just never really tried to. Uh, but also tells him not to because it, the rings sort of work in... Uh, I don't know how to explain. <laughs> they work with how much power the bearer has. And Frodo would have to work really hard at, you know, leveling up his powers of domination. <laughs> and she's like, maybe That's don't exactly do that. That's exactly how she put it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, please, we don't really want a dominating hobbit yeah. trying to destroy this ring. Like, maybe. It would be a very different book, wouldn't it? Yeah, but she does point out that he, he does see more than others now that he's had the ring for a while, and Sam admits that he cannot see Nenya, the ring, on Galadriel's hand. Um, so there's that. But And then Sam says that he also thinks he'd like Galadriel as an evil overlord, and that's pretty much the end of the chapter. I do also think at one point Frodo asks Sam if he liked the magic, and he's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sam. Although, actually, I'm just going to read this end bit because 
I think it's kind of funny uh, when he says, but if you'll pardon my speaking out, I think my master was right. I wish you'd take his ring. You'd put things to right. You'd stop them digging up the gaffer and turning him adrift. You'd make some folk pay for their dirty work. I would, she said. That is how it would begin. But it would not stop with that, alas. We will not speak more of it. I like that, how they're both like, you would get good revenge on these people. And she's just like, yep, yes, I would. It'd be great. <laughs> and then she's like, and then it suddenly wouldn't be great. <laughs> so yeah, that's a much shorter chapter than last week. God, I want that book. What book? Evil Vengeance Galadriel. Oh, yes. Sorry, I thought you were talking like they had a book or something. Anyway, yeah. Evil Vengeance no, Galadriel. I yes, totally please. thought you still meant like Dominating Hobbit book. Like, oh. <laughs> no, when you say it that way. <laughs> I wouldn't say no to a Frodo becomes the Dark Lord. No. If, if somebody if knows that fanfic, send thing. it our way. Yeah. Hook yeah. us up. But only a good one. I don't want no crappy one. It's true. Cream of the mm-hmm. crop only, please. Yes. <laughs> Amateurs need not apply been reading fan fiction for way too long to put up with that bullshit. <laughs> uh, did anybody have any favorite bits? Mine was just the where Galadriel like praised Moria in mm-hmm. the actual dwarvish name for the, the places. Like it yeah. was just that that nice little subtle bit of of her. I liked that and uh, like that along with Celeborn saying that you know he hopes they can be friends and they seemed like to genuinely want to rekindle the old elf and dwarf friendship mm-hmm. like obviously maybe the dwarves should not move back into moria it seems to have yeah. more shit going on than just the balrog um although they they have gotten rid of that so that's nice <laughs> but i liked that because so far all we've seen about dwarves and elves is you know very standoffish mm-hmm. and and it was nice to see that they at least remember being friends with the dwarves and that it was beneficial to all Mm-hmm. It's almost like xenophobia is bad. What? Almost. What? I did also just love Sam saying, yeah, you'd make a great dark queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should take the ring. It'd Respect. be great. Just kill everyone who deserves it. <laughs> Sam wants to go home, okay? Yeah. No judgment. Sam wants to go fight some people. He's like, I've tasted death once now. I'm, <laughs> I'm here for it. I killed an orc. Let's kill everyone. <laughs> I really like the song part. I feel like I don't know. It was just very sad. Frodo's song, just well, the whole of it. Everything from okay. uh, Mithrandir, Mithrandir, O Pilgrim Gray. Mm-hmm. Was it O Gray Pilgrim? I can't remember. Yeah. To Frodo's verses, yeah, I thought they were really good. It was just so right, sad. We'll never see you again. Rip. Just, like, see, that's my problem. As somebody who has read the books, seen the movies, and knows what happens, I just I feel like. You just want to get on with it. Yeah, like, we didn't actually need to be mourning Gandalf this long because he's not dead. Yeah, especially seeing that the vision that Frodo has. Yeah. Like, I like picking out the little imagery, you know, like the, the winding stair up to the tunnel. and Yeah. But you're like, yes, yes, I know it's Gandalf. Um, and interesting because we remarked about how, you know, Frodo goes the whole time without realizing mm-hmm. that yeah. Gandalf comes back. But, you know, he, he has this little vision of it. Yeah, maybe so he has the, at least a hint. Maybe the mirror was trying to tell him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like we know. So we're like, yep, nope, we know you're not actually dead forever. But again, I guess if like the first time you were reading the books, it would be weird if sometimes they spend on it, you know, two pages singing about elves that aren't even alive anymore, and then didn't do anything for Gandalf. Fair. No, it it just like like 
having there's been so much of the like you know decline of the elf sadness stuff and you're like that even though we've had that a bunch of times Mm -hmm. i feel like that's still making me more emotional than gandalf just because of the you know you know that the elves do decline and pass into the west and i guess i mean gandalf sort of does too eventually but at least this morning is well, Gandalf. Not forever. When they go into the West, oh, they don't necessarily decline. I don't. Well, mm-hmm. I guess we can get into the metaphor of it all versus the literalness of it all. I'm just using the Ladriel scroll. Right. Words, like. But I feel like they're diminishing from Middle Earth, and that's mm-hmm. n- that doesn't necessarily mean that they themselves are diminishing, although they would if they stayed. Yeah. That's. I don't know. Whatever. It's it's an ending for everyone, but I'm not actually mourning over Gandalf falling yeah poor gandalf no one cares <laughs> but yeah it was a pretty short chapter and not really much happened they just sat around a lot in la florian which does sound really nice i'm not gonna lie yeah were i not in the middle of a danger quest i would have a, a good old time nice and peaceful you mean not you what you're not in a quest i'm confused i said were were i not in the middle of a danger quest we are in the middle of this quest we are. We're reading it. We're there with them. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. I did appreciate that most of them commented on how they're like, yeah, it's been nice, but we, we, gotta we can go. feel it. We gotta, we gotta yeah. get going. <laughs> we already wasted two months in Rivendell. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what, <laughs> ten years in the Shire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder how the other books compare in spans of time. Right? This book covers right. more than a decade. <laughs> The Two Towers well, is, I can't, I don't even know, like a year? How how long? Well, it's less than a decade. Yeah. <laughs> I think of it as being less as it goes on, but it's hard to tell because of the alternating point of views in the second and third book. It, or it's hard to just tell in my brain. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Although- but Definitely no super long breaks in Rivendell. Yeah. I'm- I think on one of my, on maybe just the podcast Twitter account, I follow like a- like a, a an account that tweets out, you know, on this day in they did this. Oh, nice! Mm-hmm. I love those. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I still I, remember like the first time that one did it, and then it started over again, and I was like, mm, lost its term a little bit. Yeah, but so that would imply yeah. that all three books happened within a year, like once they set out on the quest. Mm-hmm. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Feels like they but, walked too long for that, but. What do I know about geography? Well, I do feel like things must pick up once, like, battles start, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we could have three chapters of a one-night battle instead yeah. of, you know, one it's chapter true. of two years of walking. It's true. And, like, spatially speaking, assuming the distances She's the totally looking at her map on the wall. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're, like, Literally. leaning back looking. I can totally tell. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, they're, like, halfway there. Right, but... I mean, like, shit happens, Yeah, at least in terms of the amount of time it takes to walk places. But now, presumably, they won't have to get past Balrogs and shit, so... Yeah, and, you know? And, like, and, all the worst has happened. It's gonna be great. <laughs> and double back. Yeah, actually, technically, the worst has happened. Because, was it Legolas who said that the Balrog was, you know, the worst of all the elf banes, save the dude in the tower? So, as long as they don't challenge Sauron directly... Literally nothing worse can happen. <laughs> it's a good thing that's, you know, not our quest or anything. Yeah. I do also find it interesting, like, I don't know if they 
are really we're really going into this like power rankings of evil things of middle earth but mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the balrog and it, it, technically it does but the balrog ranks above like the witch king yeah huh yeah yeah because the balrog is the same type of creature as gandalf and sauron He's a, a mire, a, like a, a corrupted mire. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, definitely just more doesn't powerful. Doesn't seem like it because they straight up flee. But then, like, I feel like the nine are just like they're so much more mobile and sinister. Like, at least you know where you stand with the Balrog. It's there. It's coming. It fires. Mm-hmm. Well, also, <laughs> the the nine also have like armies, and like they've got a crew. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? The Balrog is very much like a I solo stay artist. My, yeah, mm-hmm. he wants to stay in his mountain. And sure, there's some orcs yeah. there that worship him, but I never really got the feeling that he necessarily wanted to be commanding and like spreading around his his lair or whatever. He just wanted, you know, they woke him up. Yeah. Well, they were down there, transformed into Balrogs to be extra menacing foot soldiers of Melkor, right? Yeah. So they're not meant to be his commanders. That was Sauron. Yeah, so it's possible that... Until he got grounded. Yeah. That the Balrog really just wants to be left alone. Because he... I, I don't think we've ever heard in any of the histories of Middle-earth once he was woken up of him trying to get out of Moria. So while he himself may be more powerful than one Nazgul, the Nazgul have more going for them. And want more things. Also, death by Balrog is just a lot faster. And like actual death. Just saying. If I had to face one of them, I'll take the one where I die quickly and don't become an evil wraith. Well, I mean, the Nazgul can kill you quickly. Yeah. They just don't necessarily. <laughs> sometimes. But I mean, they're like, well, anyways, let's not get into that. Next week, chapter eight. Well, book two, chapter eight. Farewell to Lorien. We are. What will happen? We are nearing the end of the book. I know. It's I'm going to be really sad. <laughs> I just can't believe we're that close. It's like three chapters. Yeah. I am excited for, well, like I'm excited for next chapter, but I'm really excited to see the, um, oh, fu- the Argonath, which will be the chapter after next one. Mm-hmm. Do I know what that is? I can't remember. The big statues on the river. Thank you. <laughs> it's like that sounds so familiar but to be fair I, I assume they look more impressive in the movie in the book it'll just be a good description but you know Tolkien's really good at good descriptions so yes I think it'll be good all right so that is next week's homework farewell to Lorian book two chapter eight thank you I just said that um we will see you then if you wish to tweet at us you may at to read Tolkien if you want to email us we all want to read Tolkien at gmail.com Please feel free to leave us a review if you wish. And that is all for this week. I'm Caitlin. I'm Rachel. I'm Emmy. And bye. Bye bye. <laughs>